You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening. Welcome back into the Doctor's Lounge. I'm your host, Dr. Hal Schurz, and today we have a treat. I have my buddy, guest host, the um, co-host of this show, Dr. Michael Karuchik. Hello, Hal. How you doing? Great. We come to you every week separately and uh, bring you the best in uh, healthcare chat radio. We talk about the subjects that people need to know about in healthcare so that you'll be armed with the information that you need so that you can advocate for yourself and your family and uh, make the decisions that uh, are most uh, beneficial to you without anybody telling you what uh, kind of health care you need or what doctor to see or where to get it. Um, the Docs for Patient Care Foundation is the sponsor of the Doctor's Lounge, and the Docs for Patient Care Foundation is the only physician-led healthcare think tank in the country. Our uh, guiding principles are the physician-doctor relationship and uh, uh, the uh, preservation of healthcare freedom for Americans. And we uh, try to advocate for those principles and fight for you in everything that we do. Our website is wwwd the number four pcfoundation.org. That's d4pcfoundation.org. We need your help. We need your support. This show and all the other activities that we do are uh, costly. They uh, they uh, require your help, and we really could use it. So please go to our website. Go through it. Look at the things that we talk about. I'm sure that uh, there's going to be something on there that uh, is new and interesting to you that you hadn't thought about before. So uh, go through it on a regular basis. Keep keep us uh, on your favorites list and uh, generously contribute to the efforts of Docs for Patient Care. No amount is too big and no amount is too small. So please help us out. Um, the uh, I wanted to do this show today with Mike because we very often will feed on each other and have um, great shows when when we're actually interacting. Uh, you who listen to us on a regular basis listen to the issues and the ideas that we develop um, every week, and uh, and I hope that you're. You know, still finding what we're doing interesting and uh, insightful, provocative, and uh, I think that you are because we really are getting great reviews and uh, the uh, response, the downloads that we see uh, coming through uh, from our show are better than ever before. But um, when we we interact together, I think that it's a very special show. And this, you know, right now healthcare is not a big item in uh, the news there's it's it's in a, a low right now but it certainly doesn't mean that there aren't things going on in healthcare it's just that it's not uh uh as provocative as some of the other issues are right now and with uh healthcare reform having been uh, uh attempted in uh 2017 before the end of the year and failing it um, sort of took the wind out of the sails as far as healthcare is concerned, but there's plenty going on. Well, now it's all kind of going uh, underground a little bit, right? I mean, last year was a frontal assault on Obamacare. Uh, that failed. Uh, it would be a huge political risk to try and do that again in an election year. So now, instead of going for a frontal assault, people are going underground, changing things like Medicare reimbursements, that kind of thing. Or like Donald Trump said in the State of the Union speech, and, and we talked about last week, sort of carving some of these up into pieces that may be easier to, to knock down instead of the whole thing, such as celebrating the repeal of the individual mandate, such as talking about the VA Accountability Act, uh, talking about the FDA, talking about rising drug prices. All those were covered in the State of the Union. And so if there is a debate on health care this year, uh, I think it's going to be in very different, perhaps a bit more subtle terms. And yet 
people are hurting because they've uh, lost their insurance. The insurers have left the individual market in so many uh, cities and states around the country. Here in Atlanta, where we practice and uh, broadcast from, uh, Blue Cross Blue Shield, which was the largest um, insurer in the marketplace, left the individual market, leaving um, thousands of people in a lurch. And I'll tell a a very interesting anecdote a little bit later in, in the show about that. But one of the things that really has uh, captured the imagination of people who are paying attention to health care is the announcement um, last week from three heavyweights in business about their plans to uh, get into the health care arena. We had um, uh, Berkshire Hathaway, that would be a Warren Buffett. We had Amazon, Jeff Bezos, and we had J.P. Morgan Chase, Jamie Diamond uh, collectively make an announcement that those three heavyweights in business were going to come together and create a, they didn't say not-for-profit, but they did say uh, a um, an entity that would be um, a, uh, I'm not sure it the was, exactly the it was a, It was a very holier-than-thou kind of rhetoric. It said that they would be, I think the, the word ring was free from the profit motive. I think you're right, Mike. Something like that. And and what what um, was very interesting, and, you know, it, it's a lot of people have commented in in uh, print, in in uh, on on the air about what this was going to mean, and nobody knows what it's going to mean. They don't even know what it's going to mean. They have um, acknowledged that they don't really understand health care, but what they do understand is that it is costing a lot of money. It's it's unaffordable. It's become a larger percentage of the cost of doing business, and um, they are looking to create some mechanism, a company that would help to bring health care costs down. And they've got a million um, uh, employees between those three companies. And so at the very least, I think that one might speculate that they're trying to deliver uh, more affordable health care for their one million employees. Well, they, there's no question how they, they certainly have a big enough lab to experiment in. Uh, you know, the fear is that every one of their subjects is a human being with a life and a family and hopes and dreams. And, and you know, a, a failed experiment could be a real personal disaster. My question is, is, is their naivete, is that an asset or is that a liability? And, and I could see both turning out to be true. Or, or hubris because – because we know that uh, Amazon has gone into various different directions, and every time that they've entered the market to disrupt it, they've succeeded, and um, and it's had a, a tremendous impact on the market. And and I, call me a conspiracist, and I really don't want to. I don't want to speculate that's, that that there is a conspiracy. But I find it very interesting that when Amazon made the announcement they were going to buy Whole Foods, for example, all the food stocks plunged. Well, when this announcement came down that there, that Amazon, Berkshire, and J.P. Morgan were getting into healthcare, it just sh- sent shutters through the healthcare um, sector, not just hospitals, but pharmacies and and. All healthcare delivery um, stocks just took a plunge. You've got to wonder if you've got three super heavyweights who've got collective net worth of probably um, $200 billion or more, whether or not they were being smart businessmen and they shorted those stocks and then made the announcement knowing that it would have this very, very direct effect on the market. It's conceivable, Hal. It's it's definitely a possibility, and the fear is not without good reason. Uh, There was an interesting Facebook post 
uh, my hometown's got a, a page on Facebook, and they posted some pictures of one of the biggest malls in the country at the time we were growing up called Century 3 Mall, and the pictures uh, showed a ghost town. Mm-hmm. The mall was empty. There are no anchor stores left. They said there's about 10 stores left. There's not a human being in sight. The music is still, you know, the music is still playing. And they said it was eerie. It was like a ghost town. And it, clearly that's because of Internet shopping. And, if, you know, Amazon dominates them in Internet shopping. So the fear's got some reason to be there. But what's interesting is that Warren Buffett is a uh, investor in bricks and mortar. He doesn't actually buy anything that's technology. If you look at the holdings of Berkshire Hathaway, they're all bricks and mortar. And then you've got the complete antithesis of that, which is Amazon, which is completely online shopping. And so this is an unholy alliance or or strange bedfellows. And it is... Um, it's it's uh, interesting to speculate what they may want to do in healthcare. Well, the question is, you know, is that kind of a partnership going to mix like oil and water, or will they be complementary? Will they be opposites that attract? And uh, the devil's going to be in the details. And right now, not only are there no details, but there's no no broad strokes of the brush either. Right? This is all vaporware right now. Right. So, you know, I think that, Mike, there's, there's um, you know, a, a uh, I, I w- I'll go back to the naivete because I think that it, re- and, and possibly hubris, I think that um, this effort has been done before by companies trying to come together as a consortium and lower their, their collective health care costs. But the um, the devil's in the details, and this is going to be monumental because even people who know what they're doing in healthcare are finding it difficult to um, to make a change in in the way that we do business in in this industry. So so I think that what we are going to uh, explore in the next segment is. Uh, how um, the changes that they're proposing might um, might actually come to fruition, and, and uh, how existing um, uh, types of healthcare delivery might actually be um, able to partner with uh, this new effort. Well, the question, and and we'll talk about it. It sounds like in the next segment, how is will these folks embrace the right changes, or is it going to be? kind of same song, different verse. I mean, the history is rife with examples of folks that thought they were starting with a clean sheet of paper, and it turns out that they ended up doing the same old thing and getting the same old results, kind of the definition of insanity, doing the same thing over and over again and expecting something different. You are listening to The Doctor's Lounge on America's Web Radio in a rare episode with both Hal and I. Stay with us. The Docs for Patient Care Foundation is your way to join the fight and become a member of an organization created by doctors for patients dedicated to fighting for your health care freedom and preserving the doctor-patient relationship. Get a pen and paper. Write down docsforpatientcarefoundation.org. That's D-O-C-S, the number four, patientcarefoundation.org. Go to our site and please make a generous tax-deductible donation and join the fight today. Thank you. The Docs for Patient Care Foundation is your way to join the fight and become a member of an organization created by doctors for patients dedicated to fighting for your health care freedom and preserving the doctor-patient relationship. Get a pen and paper. Write down www.docsforpatientcarefoundation.org. That's www.docsforpatientcarefoundation.org. Go to our site and please make a generous tax-deductible donation and join the fight today. Thank you. You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening. Thanks for staying with us in the Doctor's Lounge on this uh, special episode that uh, we're bringing to you uh, with uh, myself and my uh, co-host, Dr. Michael Karuchik. Hey, Al. So we're... We are. We explored in the first segment uh, a little bit about this uh, new effort that was announced between uh, uh, J.P. Morgan Chase, Berkshire Hathaway, and Amazon uh, to form a new healthcare company. 
And this um, it has left a lot of people who look at health care um, a little bit puzzled and, and uh, not, not the least bit nervous because they really don't know where this is going. And um, there's been uh, no, no concrete plan. They just announced that they're trying to form a company, that they're planning on forming a company that will explore this. And they've named some people in each one of those three companies to uh, head this team. Um, and they're talking to people in healthcare. I don't know who they're talking to, and I don't know what information they've received. But there's been um, a number of uh, uh, articles that this um, announcement has uh, has uh, uh, stimulated. And uh, in reading through them, there's a lot of uh, a lot of um, uh, criticism, a lot of naysayers, because they're they're uh, the criticisms are that none of the Players in this market have any expertise in healthcare, and yet they are saying that they're going to uh, change healthcare. They're going to disrupt it. And uh, one one interesting uh, uh, quote that that came up was that: Imagine if uh, Mayo Clinic, Cleveland Clinic, and Partners Health came together, and they said that they don't like their computers, so they're going to form a new IT company. You know, and. Uh, it's it's one thing to uh, be critical of healthcare. We're all critical of healthcare, but it's another thing to really have the know-how how to create a company that can um, change what is going on. And I think in order to be able to change what's going on, you need to be able to understand what the real problems are, Mike. It's not just the high cost. It's not just the fact that people are um, finding that it's frustrating getting to the doctor that they want. We've we've talked on this show for four years about all of the problems that are going on in healthcare. How it's so intertwined. It's a spider web, and it's all inter intertwined and entangled. And you know, if you pull on one thread, something else will will unravel. And and uh, fixing healthcare is is not about uh, necessarily disruptive innovation. It's not like other businesses because at the end of the day, people still need to take care, uh, need, need to be able to get to a doctor, to get care. People still are going to need to um, to be able to uh, rely on an, a doctor to help to guide them and give them the advice that they need. So, so what we're really talking about, what we've talked about for so long, is that the healthcare is is not expensive to to uh, give. Healthcare is actually quite inexpensive, but it's it's the layers of of regulation and the layers of bureaucracy and the special interests that have put their thumbprint or 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 who have. Uh, Got their fingerprints all over healthcare that have made the the cost of care so out of sight for most Americans. Well, well to me, how it boils down to two questions. Um, the first question is, what are their intentions? I mean, really, really, really deep down, what are their intentions? For example, we know that the folks who who put Obamacare forth. Their better patient care and more cost-effective patient care wasn't their intention. Their real intention was government control of more and more of society. And, you know, we've known for a long time, over half a century, that, that health care is a convenient Trojan horse for the government and perhaps in this case large private entities to have a hidden agenda that they are cloaking in in healthcare, you know, and surrounding themselves with the mantle of healthcare and the professed intent to make healthcare better. Uh, the problem is that unless unless patients are real to you, and, and again, this is why you and I continue again for almost four years to say that doctors need to lead this charge because to us, patients are faces, their names, their stories, their hearts and souls and hopes and dreams, and unless you have that perspective, patients are just statistics and it all comes down to a cold spreadsheet 
in a matter of how – I mean these people are in the business of making money, Hal. That's what they do. I, my question is were they attracted to healthcare because of, of, of a, an understanding of the human need or was it just another place – to invest and make money. Healthcare is full of those, and we see it at the micro level and at the macro level. Uh, you know, in my specialty, how it was sleep labs. Uh, you know, everybody wanted to open a sleep lab, even to the point where they were renting hotel rooms long term and drilling a few holes in the wall and making a sleep lab out of it because it was a low risk way to get a hand in the revenue stream. If there's so much money that's wasted, then it's easy to sort of channel, you know, one half of 1% of a revenue stream to a company and make them rich. So question one is what are their true intentions? Are they really in this to make patients' lives better and to make healthcare more affordable, uh, most importantly for those of us in society who are least able to afford it, or is this a money-driven thing? Can you do both? Uh, can you do well by doing good? Yes, but only if your intentions are in the correct order. Well, let's 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 you know when you are talking about businesses, 150 million people get their health care through their their place of work. And um, and I believe that most people who run companies either give health care because they believe that it's the right thing to do or because they feel that they need to in order to stay competitive in the market. They need to give benefits. Would you agree with that? I would agree with that. Okay. There is some moral hazard in that approach, but it's very common. Okay. So, so if you, if you uh, accept that premise – then businesses are finding it more and more difficult to be able to give health care because it's an increasingly expensive item on their on their um, profit and loss statement. Agreed. So so if if businesses are threatened and can't be as profitable and patients are hurting because they're being asked to assume a larger portion of their health care cost and they're getting less value for the the money that is prepaid health care, which we, we commonly know as insurance, but it's really prepaid health care. Right. So if if you are a businessman and you want to give um, health care to your employees and you want them to get a good value – then there's incentive to to fix the system and do both. Would you would you agree with that? Um, yeah, there is. I think it depends a lot on the culture within each individual company. Um, you know, some folks just see it as as a bottom line and a and a and a, a, a line item on their P and L. Smaller companies, I think, including most doctor practices, independent ones, um, you know, see. Those claim, you know, the, the money going out and, and, and the experiences that their employees are having, and they know these people personally. And so it has the potential to, it, 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 I think it's just a different feel. And the question with this, you know, Amazon, Berkshire, JP Morgan merger is are they really doing this just to help their own employees get better care that's also more cost effective, or are they trying to come up with a product that they can sell? Um, that's really the the meat behind me asking what exactly are their intentions, right? I mean, you even said in the last segment that maybe their intentions were just to psych out the market. Right. You know, I mean, if that's all they were doing, that's the other extreme. I, I guess we won't know until they actually come out with a they, – they form the company and we get an idea of what the, they're proposing, what kinds of innovations that they're, they're trying to implement. Now, if they're, if they're looking to do – like an Uber for healthcare, so that they can um, help to put patients and doctors together. That might be that might be a good thing if they are looking to create an Amazon for healthcare, where people can um, get healthcare at a lower cost than what is out there in the market. You know, I think that there there are. Uh, you know, pros and cons for for um, both of those approaches. And I think that it's important that in forming this company that these people, um, they, they uh, try to utilize models that are out there that are working and don't try to 
um, be too creative or disruptive. Exactly. And and I and and there are models that are working out there, and and uh, you know I you know like I, I the, whenever we have a, a conversation that that uh, talks about disruptive innovation, you know we always go back to du- um, direct primary care, or we talk about the surgery center of Oklahoma, or models where people can get better value than they can by going through traditional insurance. Agreed. And so I think that that we you know have uh, you know right now there there are initiatives that are out there. You've heard me talk about one that I'm involved with, which is Hip Nation, that uh, has is taking the approach really that Amazon Berkshire Hathaway is taking, which is that we feel that that the um, the the business world is is uh, taking a haircut on their insurance and by offering them opportunities to slash that knowing that healthcare really is not that expensive to deliver if you take all the fat out of it yes. and that and that's and that's you know one of the things that I would like to uh, be able to tell Jeff Bezos and Warren Buffett and be able to sit down and explain to them how they can do exactly what they're hoping to do if they talk to the right people and that's the second question. Remember, I said there were two questions. One is, what are your intentions? The second is, who are you listening to? Right. And if, if they can listen to the right people, yeah, of course, if, we think the right people's us. Well, if they're listening to Ezekiel Emanuel, that's absolutely the wrong person to talk to. That would be the opposite extreme, yes. So I think that uh, I'd like to uh, talk about what's happening in Washington when we get back in the next segment of the Doctor's Lounge. So stay with us. The Docs for Patient Care Foundation is your way to join the fight and become a member of an organization created by doctors for patients dedicated to fighting for your health care freedom and preserving the doctor-patient relationship. Get a pen and paper. Write down docsforpatientcarefoundation.org. That's D-O-C-S, the number four, patientcarefoundation.org. Go to our site and please make a generous tax-deductible donation and join the fight today. Thank you. Hi, I'm Dr. Mike Karuchak. Join me and my co-host, Dr. Hal Schertz, every Thursday morning at 8 a.m. and listen to The Doctor's Lounge, where you get a private insight into the conversations that doctors have amongst themselves. Join us Thursday, 8 a.m. every week. The Docs for Patient Care Foundation is your way to join the fight and become a member of an organization created by doctors for patients dedicated to fighting for your health care freedom and preserving the doctor-patient relationship. Get a pen and paper. Write down www.docsforpatientcarefoundation.org. That's www.docsforpatientcarefoundation.org. Go to our site and please make a generous tax-deductible donation and join the fight today. Thank you. You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening. Welcome back into the Doctor's Lounge. Today, Dr. Mike Karuchik and I are providing snappy medical repartee for you, and I hope that we are more than entertaining you. Yes, indeed. So um, I just wanted to remind everybody that this show is brought to you by the Docs for Patient Care Foundation. So the next time you go to download a show from the Doctor's Lounge, please be sure to make a generous contribution. We can't do this without you. Please go to the website at uh, www.dnumeral4pc.org. The donation page is easy to find. If you like what you hear on this show and you like the work that uh, the foundation is doing, please give generously to support it. We as the board donate the time. Uh, That money goes only to offset expenses for keeping the show on the air and keeping the rest of our operations intact. You know, we um, came out with a uh, recent publication that we talked about a few weeks ago on one of the um, shows that I had uh, the uh, president of the Thomas Jefferson Institute on. Um, Mike wrote a, a chapter in this handbook. I wrote a few chapters and edited it, and it's really quite good. I, I would encourage everyone to go to the Thomas Jefferson Institute and look at the handbook um, for state solutions. And I really think that this is... Um, uh, a, a an important uh, p- 
piece of work because it is a roadmap for where we should be going in healthcare, which is looking um, at the state level to fix healthcare. And Mike, you had a conversation with me uh, uh, last week. You were wondering if uh, um, a, a trip to Washington to uh, meet with a bunch of doctors and uh, and uh, lawmakers was really um, something that that uh, you should take time out of your very busy practice to uh, to uh, uh, get involved with. And we had a, a long conversation about you know what's going on in Washington, and uh, you know it's it's almost like everything has stalled vis a vis healthcare. Indeed, after all the failed efforts last year to reform Obamacare and the failure of those, I think in an election year, if you're a politician, uh, especially if you're a Republican, trying to take this on again is a huge political risk, especially when your alternative is to simply ride what we expect to be a strong economy through 2018 and live off of that. Why would you blemish that landscape trying to take on all of health care one more time? But, you know, one of the um, arguments is that if you don't take on health care, if you um, just let the status quo um, exist, then there are going to be um, people who are going to view this as an epic failure on the part of the GOP because they ran in 2016 on repealing Obamacare or making significant changes. Now, uh, Donald Trump will contend that just eliminating the uh, individual mandate is a major change, and he's he's doing a victory lap um, with regard to that and uh, a partial repeal of Obamacare because he's saying that that's the heart and soul of of uh, Obamacare. But the the uh, at the at the same time, people are are um, still uh, hurting because they are. Um, either stuck with insurance that isn't really um, worth very much. It's very bad value. It's it's costing them way too much money um, for the premiums, way too much money for the out-of-pocket before the insurance kicks in and limits the kind of benefits that they're able to get. So... Uh, right now, this is a, a, a healthcare marketplace where nobody is happy. Well, and, it, and it's even worse than that from a political standpoint, Hal. You've now changed Obamacare. Obamacare isn't Obamacare anymore. So if you're a supporter of Obamacare and Obamacare continues to fail, you now have political cover. Because now you can say, well, this would have been working fine had it not been for the repeal of the individual mandate. So now it's Trump care. Now it's Trump care. Now they've messed with it. Now they own it. And the ability to continue to prosecute Obamacare based on its continued failure is politically compromised. So the, there, there are people right now in Washington. I guess there are three groups of individuals in Washington. There are Democrats, there are conservatives, and then there are the remainder of the Republicans. Agreed. And there are enough Republicans and Democrats who are trying to come together for a solution with uh, regard to uh, the the insurers who are crying uh poverty or, or who are at least saying that they are hurting, they're, they're bleeding as by particip- continued participation in the Obamacare exchanges. And so there are uh, people in Congress who are listening to these insurance companies and are prepared to give them the cost-sharing reduction payments that, that they've sought and also prepared to pump tens of billions of dollars into their pockets to keep them fat and happy. And if I understand correctly, Hal, this is more than just the uh, risk corridor cost reduction payments that Obamacare stipulated. There are plans 
being contemplated to put money in over and above even that. True? That, yes, that's correct. So once again, we're, we're meddling with Obamacare. And what we're doing from a political slash cultural standpoint is we're opening a whole new front to government spending in health care as if there weren't enough already. We already have with Medicare and Medicaid, what is it, roughly 50% of Americans are covered under one of those? 51% of of Americans have government health care, either Medicare, Medicaid, VA, or Indian health. So now we're going to add another dimension to government spending on health care where even the private sector is now going to become dependent on government funds. And now that number is going to continue to climb because, as you know, once you add a benefit, you can't take it away. Heaven help you try to take it away. Well, you know, at, at, at this point, I think that um, my, my feeling is that there's very few people in Washington who truly want to solve this problem. And, and I, I've come to this realization after a decade of working in healthcare and fighting against the machine. I think that there are um, very few people in Washington who, um, who are truly committed to fixing the problem. I've, and I've been told, and by unnamed so- sources, that it would surprise me, it would surprise those of us who believe that there are people committed to, um, to solving this problem. I would be surprised that most people in Washington just want to see this problem go away. They would be more than happy to get this off their plate. And what that means is a single-payer government-run health care so they didn't have to deal with all of this nonsense. Well, I think that may raise the question of, you know, what should our approach be to Washington now, right? And, and yes, you and I both, you obviously way more so than me, have been, been going to Washington, trying to talk to people. You come away from every trip thinking you finally found the right person to talk to and have the right conversation and have great expectations for the follow-up only to have those hopes and dreams dashed. I think we agree that, that there's no way they're going to come up with some sort of a healthcare reform package that that modifies where we are now to make the whole thing work better we've discussed saying we're just going to bypass government we're going to work with a direct primary care model we're in in a world where insurance is so undesirable there is now space to work in a in a in a membership model or a cash based fee for service transparent pricing model but what do we need to do hal if anything to prevent this single-payer thing from coming along that would squash all of this? Well, if, if uh, in a perfect world where we can trust Washington, we would seek to do two things. We would, number one, try to work towards deregulating health care. We would um, make it so that all of the burdens on those of us who take care of patients were taken away. Right now, physicians are really looked at as villains. Hospitals are looked at as saviors. And so the power brokers in healthcare are the hospitals. They control everything. They control the, um, the they're, they're consolidating. So the largest employers in most areas in the country are the hospitals. The, the new building projects, the most ambitious building projects, are hospitals. The, there was a time in our history when it was illegal for hospitals to employ physicians, to purchase physician practices, no longer. All of that has been accepted because the regulations that existed have been ignored. And so hospitals have all of that going for them. Not to mention the fact that Obamacare made it illegal for physicians to open up surgery centers if they're taking Medicare funds. They made it the, the regulations that make it impossible for doctors to come together to open up competing 
um, entities because of certificate of need at the state level or because of um, antitrust um, at the federal level um, or the Stark laws. So I would I would I would um, work towards deregulation. And Donald Trump is a big proponent of deregulation. So I would appeal to him to uh, start there if he wants to really help to um, have an impact on health care costs. So the, I guess the question then is, is it, is it worth going to Washington to deliver that message? Or are, 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 is our limited uh, you know, opportunities and an opportunity cost best spent working outside of that? I think it's working outside of that. And, you know, we'll spend the last segment uh, talking about some ways that we can work outside that and make an impact. Fair enough. You're listening to The Doctor's Lounge on America's Web Radio. Stay with us. You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening. This is the final segment in The Doctor's Lounge, our special uh, segment or a special show today with uh, Dr. Mike and myself, Dr. Hal, doing uh, our best to uh, get into a uh, discussion rather than a, uh, a dissertation about health care. Yes, indeed. I wish we could do these more often, but it's hard to get two docs together in the same place at the same time no unless there's a patient directly involved. <laughs> well, you know what? We can maybe uh, try to arrange that the next time. How, how do we get an ENT patient and a urology patient with a, a simultaneous ENT and urology problem? <laughs> I'm working with thoracic tomorrow, but uh, I don't know that uh, I don't know if we can do urology. I don't know. I, I think that uh, in my world of pediatrics, we have kids who get tubes in their ears and they get circumcisions uh, on uh, all the same product. anesthetic. You guys, you guys do those to twofer? Absolutely. Well, that'll work. That'll work. There's a variety of one-liners there that I'll just leave alone, <laughs> and uh, we'll just move on. And a great way to save money. There you go. To do them both together. Well, it's it's one OR, it's one anesthetic, and uh, absolutely and you can't figure out which end hurts more. <laughs> well, that's why I like doing those tonsillectomies with my cases because the kids are always hurting more from their mouth than from downstairs. Absolutely, <laughs> that is sage advice. Because yep, the tonsil not too many things hurt more in a tonsillectomy for sure. So you know the the. Um, Conversation has gone, you know, full circle. We've talked about the um, efforts to try to disrupt the marketplace in the Amazon slash Berkshire Hathaway slash J.P. Morgan um, venture into healthcare. And then we kind of, we segued into how the federal government is um, really not the answer and the um, Republicans who tried to make um, this a major issue and and tried to uh, sell themselves as being uh, uh, different than the Democrats because they were going to fix health care have really failed miserably. And our and the efforts that we've put forth trying to make a difference by going to Washington may have been efforts that have fallen on deaf ears. So there's another place to go that you're going to talk about that we haven't had in the conversation yet. And, and that's working at the state level. And, and, um, and that's something that those of you who listen to this show on a regular basis around the country can actually have a greater impact than, than some doctors going to Washington and doing very little because – the the biggest efforts that need to be made that can truly impact patients and and change lives with regard to healthcare are going to be working on efforts that are state centered because at the end of the day healthcare is is a local phenomenon it's it's it, you it, it's not we've said this for years it's not um central it's not Government, it's not Washington-centric where one size fits all. It's different in every state. But the problems in each state are pretty much the same. We've talked about those, those issues on, on a regular basis over the years on this show. We've talked about issues, and we'll, we'll just say a little bit more about them, but just to, to list them, certificate of need laws, 
We've talked about direct primary care as a delivery model and protecting that at the state level to offer alternatives to patients other than the um, prepaid health care, which we refer to as health care insurance. Um, tort reform, which is one of the biggest problems around the country with regard to the waste in medicine, the 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 um, the uh, defensive medicine costs that we all practice because doctors are afraid of getting sued. Um, there are there are just numerous um, uh, laws that are that that are uh, favoring special interests that can be impacted at the state level. You know, Mike, just just yesterday, um, I was asked to give expert testimony in Alaska. It was, you know, it's, I wish I could have gone to Alaska. I certainly wouldn't want to go at this time of year. I'd be a little chilly. <laughs> a little chilly. But, but I, I have to say that, you know, through the uh, the miracle of modern communication, I was able to deliver testimony to the um, Alaska State Senate on certificate of need. And we put on a a great conference in Washington last June where we brought together experts from all over the country uh, in in, um, the uh, public policy arena, patient advocacy arena, legal, medical, you know, it was just academia, Every every um, aspect of of uh, expertise in the certificate of need um, arena we we um, brought together in Washington to create this um, tremendous conference and and out of it um, has has um, stemmed this uh, um, effort where these experts are now being asked to come to either either um, state legislatures or testify via phone or, or Skype and, and with politicians who are being brave enough to understand that the high cost of health care isn't necessarily because of um, anything more than the fact that there's no competition in states. Is this how uh, sort of a new movement in other words, that, that medical experts are being asked to, to testify to state legislatures, or is, has this been going on for a while and this is just a new category of experts? It's, it's gone on. It's under the radar. You know, there are, there are, um, you, it, as, let, let me just appeal to those doctors out there who listen to this show. If you're a doctor and, and you're, um, not involved with your state legislators, I, I urge you to contact them about the health care issues in your state. You know, there are some states which are very good on health care, and they've eliminated um, certificate of need laws. They have um, protected direct primary care and allowed it to flourish in their state. They um, have good tort reform laws. I, I, will, I will direct you to the Mercatus Institute scorecard for health care. They have a scorecard which looks at different areas in health care, and you can determine where the problems are in your particular state. And you can go and talk to a state legislator. You can go to your your state legislature website and see who's doing things in health care. If you don't have a um, – if you have a state that is protecting hospitals and preventing individuals from being able to get um, market-based solutions where they're able to compete against hospitals that are predatory and charging just God knows how much money, you can – you can find out who is is uh, um, interested in certificate of need repeal, and you can go to um, speak to that person, and go to your state legislature, and um, help work with your state le- legislator at um, having them craft legislation that will repeal the um, the certificate of need laws. So what kind of reception did you get with your Alaska testimony? Did you get the sense that – did they ask 
pointed follow-up questions? Was it just a polite thank you? I mean, how engaged did you find them to be? Well, they, interestingly, they there were a number of people who were testifying, and I, I was the second one. Um, Naomi um, uh, uh, Lopez Bauman from the uh, Goldwater Institute gave testimony first, and I followed, and I had to get off the phone. Um, right after my testimony, but there were only just a couple of questions, but I got follow-up from the um, legislative assistant to uh, Senator Wilson, who um, requested our help and said that it was great, that it went over very well, and and they they couldn't have been happier with the expert testimony. And this is the power of people who get engaged. If you are a physician and you want to do something impactful in healthcare. The best thing you can do is not go to Washington. It's to just start at your state level and and pick an area. It could be certificate of need. We've talked about that. It could be direct primary care. It could be right to care legislation. You know, there are people in this country who are working at trying to get the the state to allow um, doctors to continue to um, uh, practice medicine without having to go through this um, this charade of getting maintenance certification. And we've talked about that on this show as well. But there's a number of things that can be done at a state level, which I believe is in this day more meaningful and more impactful. So what other states are, are working on uh, CON? I know there's sort of an updated list that we were talking about ahead of time. Can you throw those out? Well, Virginia is working on it. I just got through uh, talking with the the um, the people at the um, the, the uh, Thomas Jefferson Institute. Our our um, uh, manual for healthcare has uh, been very uh, important. And I just did an interview with uh, the public radio in Virginia about this issue because it's really hit the radar. And so, um, you know, I think that um, um, the list is is not that long of states that have legislators introducing this legislation. So I urge everybody to just check at your state level. How partisan is the battle in the states? Is it as ugly as it is at the federal level? It is not. But it is it is based on on money and the lobbyists for the hospitals are um, spending so much money um, on both sides of the aisle. So there's no R or D uh, involved in this. This is this is a pure money money grab. Okay, and, um, and now Florida has had some success. I mean, is is the Florida story with uh, with this legislation a reasonable prototype? Well, Florida hasn't had as much success as you might think. Interestingly, the governor of Florida, Rick Scott, has been a, a huge proponent of, of overturning the certificate of need laws there. It's the legislature that has been resistant. And again, it comes down to the power of the hospital lobby. And so that's, that's something that we're going to have to fight. So to summarize the hour, we've we've talked about the three major areas where healthcare reform might happen. We have the private sector, which has confusing things like this Amazon JP Morgan Berkshire thing. We have smaller scale things that are much more pure in intent like Hip Nation. We have the federal level which seems to be burned out. And we have the states that seem to be the most fertile ground. That's a great summation, Mike. Well done. Very good. We're at the end of the hour. You've been listening to The Doctor's Lounge on America's Web Radio. Thanks for being with us. Thank you, indeed. The Docs for Patient Care Foundation is your way to join the fight and become a member of an organization created by doctors for patients dedicated to fighting for your health care freedom and preserving the doctor-patient relationship. Get a pen and paper. Write down www.docsforpatientcarefoundation.org. That's www.docsforpatientcarefoundation.org. Go to our site and please make a generous tax-deductible donation and join the fight today. Thank you. This is Dr. George. Join me Wednesday mornings at 9 o'clock for Medicine on Call. On Medicine on Call, we talk about more than medicine. It's about how to take control of your mind, body, 
and spirit. Obamacare is failing, but in order to get back on the right track with health policy, people need to be informed. Obamacarewatch.org is your resource to understand what's happening with this law and what you can do to stay active, stay informed, and make positive change happen. Obamacarewatch.org. Visit us now. The Docs for Patient Care Foundation is your way to join the fight and become a member of an organization created by doctors for patients dedicated to fighting for your health care freedom and preserving the doctor-patient relationship. Get a pen and paper. Write down docsforpatientcarefoundation.org. That's D-O-C-S, the number four, patientcarefoundation.org. Go to our site and please make a generous tax-deductible donation and join the fight today. Thank you. Affordable health insurance was the promise of Obamacare, but for many, the government mandate caused more problems than it solved. This is Dr. Elena George from Medicine on Call, and I want to tell you about a truly affordable alternative allowed under Obamacare, Liberty HealthShare. Liberty HealthShare bypasses doctor and hospital panels, giving you the freedom to choose, and with a maximum of $500 out-of-pocket per person and 100% coverage up to $1 million per year per occurrence, You can rest assured, knowing you and your family are protected. Coverage starts as low as $107 per month and also includes dental, vision, pharmacy, and holistic care. Liberty HealthShare puts you back in charge of your health. Visit them online at libertyoncall.org. Again, for a true affordable alternative to Obamacare, visit libertyoncall.org or call toll-free 1-800-714-6993 today. Perhaps you are struggling to cope with the disease of addiction. If not, you probably know a family member or friend that needs help in battling the cravings and the personal and professional damage done by the effects of drugs or alcohol. Get a pen and paper and be ready to write down the following. These are the issues that the trained staff at the Atlanta Healing Center address and treat every day. Their doctors and counselors with over 40 years of practice in the field of addiction can treat the suffering individual in a thoughtful, compassionate, and experienced manner and guide him or her along the path to recovery. So call 770-696-9862 and speak to a knowledgeable staff member about how you or your loved one, can be helped to enjoy a better and healthier life. More information is also available on the website at www.AtlantaHealingCenter.com. You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening. Cook Immigration Partners is your passport through the immigration maze. Whether it's help with E-Verify in your business, or help in how to document a new employee under the new I-9 rules, or if you marry a foreign national, Cook Immigration Partners is your best choice for a legal advocate. Call us today at 866-286-6200. That's 866-286-6200. Or visit us on the web at www.immigration.net. Bogside Publishing. For over 38 years, this family-owned New Hampshire business has manufactured the most durable, rain-resistant, and most affordable made-in-the-USA field books for the land surveying and engineering industry. And Bogside Publishing is still doing it today. Demand Bogside field books from your supplier or go to bogsidepublishing.com for a list of exclusive Bogside dealers. This is Dr. George from Peachtree ENT Center. We've won patient care awards and have the highest patient recommendations because we believe in practicing medicine the old-fashioned way. Practicing good medicine is based in listening to the patient and making a care plan that is individual. The best medical care is given when there is a strong doctor-patient relationship built on mutual trust and respect. At Peachtree ENT Center, we believe in taking care of the whole patient because healing is more than writing a prescription. Whether you have problems hearing have frequent throat or sinus infections, from the time you call our office and speak to a real person, you'll be treated as an individual and not as an ailment. During your visit, you will not be rushed and all your questions will be answered. When possible, natural treatments will be recommended to fix the problem. If surgery is recommended, cost-effective, minimally invasive treatment for snoring, sleep apnea, or sinus problems will be offered because Peachtree ENT Center is where patient care counts. 
45 years of experience is behind the most trusted name in auto transportation. Passport Transport, the first and finest today. That's why Passport Transport is the preferred auto transport for major auto manufacturers, concours, museums, tours, and collectors, and should be your choice from across the state to across the country. When you have the need, go to PassportTransport.com and enjoy the peace of mind referenced experience will give you. Passport Transport.